sugars. This week we're talking about some dating, some relating, and maybe some mating. Mm-hmm. Well, we, we actually, we do all kind of talk about that. Hey, everybody, I'm Maddie. Uh, welcome to the Dramatic Show. So I'm excited because I have a dating and romantic, as she calls herself, fairy godmother, godmama expert to the show today. Jen Burton, I love her. I met her through my friend Nicole Holland, who was on this show, The Dear Maddie Show. Great episode. Actually, literally one of my highest rated episodes, Nicole. So you go, sugar. And so anyway, Jen Burton uh, is friends with Nicole, and she is all about helping women all around the world just kind of find the love that they want. And um, she's looking for men who will love, adore them, romance them, and without compromising what's going on in the woman's life, whether it's career, success, or just kind of their authentic selves. And she kind of, she's had a lot of years of dysfunctional relationships, um, a lot of bad, crappy dates. And she really just kind of decided to, instead of, you know, be kind of a victim of dating, she decided to uh, take the matters into her own hands. And so, anyway... That's what we're talking about today is a lot of her experience, of your experience, your questions, and the advice that she can give about dating. I'll be glad. I'm glad I'm done with it. I think Jen's married, too. I forgot to ask her, I think, but I am glad to be. It's rough, y'all. Anybody who says they really like dating, tweet me. I want to I interview you about dating, why you liked it, because, man, I just, now I liked having sex. That was great. Loved doing that a lot. But dating, oh, maybe I just wasn't dating the right enough guys who were buying me dinner. I was having to buy shit or were meeting at Subway. Should you not meet at a date on Subway? That's probably where I went wrong. All right, sugars. Well, apparently I need you to listen to Jen Burton. So wherever you are in your dating life, I hope this helps. And if you're not dating or you're married or you're asexual or you're whatever, Jen Burton's really sassy and really funny. And I think you'll still like it. All right. Bye. Enjoy the show, y'all. Start recording. Okay, we're going. What? What? Hello, everybody. It's a podcast. It's the red lights on. That means it's time to shit and get. Jen, we're shitting and getting. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Dear Maddie Show. Uh, I'm Matt Marr, your host. If you haven't known that or listened to before, and today I have, uh, I was going to say fellow Texan, but I'm really from Oklahoma and Texans and Oklahomans do not believe that's the same thing, Jen Burton. Not at all. Uh, <laughs> but today on the show, I have dating expert. Um, I mean, I, what you, the romantic fairy god mama. I love that. I love that. Uh, mm-hmm. Jen Burton, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Matt, for having me. I'm very excited to be here. May I call you mama? You you may call me mama. You can call me whatever you want. But yes, you may call me mama. Some people do. So okay. I'm okay with it. Right. I love that you say fairy godmama too, because that's like a, a that's what I used to call. We could call my, we didn't call our grandma. I'd be like, hey, grandmama. That's what I would call her. Really? So it's like, yeah, it's, a, it's a, like a very, I think, a Southern thing for us to say that. So I you know what I used to call my grandmother. What? Big mama. And she was tiny. <sighs> I love that. What was her name? Uh, Mary. Oh, that's a beautiful name. Yes. Big Mama. Mary now, if anybody, Big Mama. That is a beautiful. I don't think I want to be called Big Mama because I'm working on my weight. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> we can say it ironically. 
Yes, I can't say it ironically. Uh, okay, well, thank you so much for being on the show. We have a mutual friend, uh, Nicole Holland, who has been on the Dear Maddie show. I don't ask me what episode, y'all, because you know I don't have my shit together. So, um, but a really it, she, good one, no doubt. Though. It was a really good one, um, and uh, yeah, really, really good one. And um, but yeah, so we met through Nicole, and here you are. And then, like when she told me about you, and I saw your pink hair, and like you're you just you're just you're just so pretty and then what you do in life and it's so like you're just about like helping empower women to like be successful and not be in their heads and not be you know just kind I of want women to get theirs yeah so like so i so i know that you've worked a lot like with dating especially now do you now just so for people do you work primarily with women do you work with men as well or you work a lot with just helping women with dating I um, work, and I'm going to say a very bold statement right now. I exclusively work with men, women, um, Matt, and that is because I feel really bad for the guys. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's really, <laughs> really difficult. And let me let me go ahead and address that before I have a whole bunch of women turn this podcast off right <laughs> now. No, 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 because I. Uh... You know, I was looking, yeah, I was, I, you talk about that in some of your, when I was kind of Googling and figuring, you talk about that a lot. And, um, and so I, yeah, speak to that a little bit about why you feel bad for the men. Well, women are truly the powerhouses in romance, but we've got it backwards. And we think that men um, actually dictating how dating, love and romance goes. And that's not, it's not really the case. Plus, when a man tries to figure out a woman, every woman is so different that, you know, you have one woman that loves when you bring her red roses. And then the next woman he tries to do the same thing with is going to be pissed off and uh, will basically rip him a new one for even for doing something so trite and trivial and how how dare he think that she is like every other woman so it's really uh, men tend to have not that all men are the same but they have a lot of common themes that are easier to work with plus just the fact that women really do um have the upper hand in romance and 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 call the shots even though they don't recognize it most of the time and they they don't wield their power in a way that's beneficial to men or women. Mm. And I want, okay. I want to talk about that. I just want to step back one. And I want to, I'm interested also too, though, how did you get, get into this role? Like how did this, how did this happen for you? Were you just that friend that was giving all your girlfriend's advice and then you kind of turned it into career or like, because not a lot of people go into the, not a lot of people pick this as a career because it's a hard job. <laughs> so I wonder, like, how did you get into this? Well, I have to say it's one of the most fun things I've ever done in my life. But I got into it because I was really shitty at dating and romance and love, and I was the poster girl for how to uh, lose a guy in ten days. Mm. Uh, it was, um, and I figured out how to make the transition from going from truly ignored by a lot of guys or ha- had to scare them off very quickly to to what I call being an adored woman. So I I know that side of it of, you know, and I I was extraordinarily bitchy. I was extra I I I would tear guys a new one. I was also Whoa. extraordinarily insecure. Just I, I know the side of it that women don't want to confess to, I, and I know it well, which is why I speak to it and why I help women call themselves out on it so that they can start creating all 
that they want in romance. Mm, well, that's you're a brave soul, Jen Burton. You're a brave. Um, but, but no, it's so helpful. And because then that's another reason I want to have you on the show is that, you know, um, I didn't have any questions because y'all, dearmaddieshow.com, if you got some questions, I'm out of questions. So I'm just going to talk to people about my own shit if y'all don't write <laughs> me. Okay. So um, y'all need to get go to Dear Maddie Show and ask Maddie and ask your questions away and we can answer them. But I wasn't worried about that, though, with you, Jen, just because, I mean, probably half of the questions that I get are in the past have been about dating mm -hmm. and most of them from women. Um, so, but I wanted you also talk about before we uh, since you brought up the subject of men and you've talked a little bit about how like you feel like men are not acknowledged and they do, they just we don't acknowledge them. And what do you mean by that? Okay, so we know what's going on right now. Men are being acknowledged for all the really crappy behaviors that they do. And, and that is the Me Too movement, the, mm -hmm. the sexual harassment, everything that's going on, which definitely needs to happen. But at the same time, we are neglecting to acknowledge all the really great men out there who are supporting women 100%, who are, you know, backing, backing them and saying, you know, I've got you here. And I think that's really important that we, we start doing that. I, I want to give you an example that I heard a while back while mm -hmm. um, during the political races. But I think it, I believe it was Michael Moore who stepped up and said, you know, it's time that we have a female president. And, and of course, he said something and it was a little off key and it didn't resonate with all, all women. And he was being fully supportive of women. But because he said it in the wrong way, next thing you know, we had this bandwagon of women that jumped on him and, and ripped him apart for not supporting women the right way when he was just trying. So we're really quick to, um, as women, to rip people apart. And, and we do it to other women as well. It's not like we're doing it exclusively, exclusively to men, but we are very pro um, fault finding. We, we, instead of acknowledging all the good that's actually going on. Um, and I, when women start to change that dynamic, and I'm not talking about letting mm -hmm. men get away with really shitty behavior. That's not what I'm talking about at all. You know, really, um, violent, horrible, horrific behavior, not talking about neglecting that. We definitely need to speak to that. But if we don't start acknowledging all the great things that men do, why are they going to keep doing great things for us? Do you, Men really thrive in appreciation. And men really want to make women happy from what I have seen time and time again, but they can't make us happy. We have to make ourselves happy and let them contribute and at the same time acknowledge them because they thrive there. Um, men, I hear it all the time and, and women get super pissed off about if a guy tells them to smile or something. Well, smiling makes him feel happy. So if he sees you smile, it makes him want to do good things in this world. Why not, you know, give that to each other? Why not, why be so bitter and, and upset about it when we can turn that dynamic and create something really different where the genders are coming together instead of tearing each other apart? I think I agree with so much of what you said just because, you know, I feel like um, I always tell people in anything, but especially in couples and dating that to ask yourself what your intentions are. So, you know, if your husband says, hey, smile, babe what's his intention in asking that, you know, is he wanting you to push down your feelings because he doesn't care? Or is he, like you said, maybe his intention is, is he wants to feel, you know, he wants you to, he wants to experience happiness with you. And then that opens up a whole conversation of, 
well, I'm not smiling because I've got this and this on my mind. Well, and then mm-hmm. he can support you, you know, and it kind of opens this up. And, it, you know, my boyfriend and I do that all the time. Like he'll say something and I'll start to get offended by it. And then he'll exactly. say, he'll say, that was not my intention. This is what exactly. I meant when I said that. And I'll go, oh, that is not the way I took it. And he was like, yeah, I didn't mean it that way at all. And it's great because we turned something that could have been a, a day long fight into a, just a four minute conversation. And then we're over it. Exactly. It's been so, so helpful. And I also, you know, I think I, I, I totally agree with you. And I've seen that even like with the gay community that, um, that some people that speak out, if it's not exactly like the main narrative that everybody else is saying and kind of regurgitating that they get eviscerated for it. And it's, I, you know, I've wanted to do, and this I think goes for, for anything. Like I've honestly, you know, my boyfriend's African-American. Yes, I'm a white gay man, but like always for me ever for a long time in my life, uh, growing up, you know, in Oklahoma, I saw the disparities between that, you know, that a lot of my, my people that were African-American in my community were going through. So I was very empathetic to that. And even, uh, in, even as I, um, got older, that just became more and more important to me. But sometimes, you know, too, as a white person, I will, I've wanted to do like when Black Lives Matter first happened, I wanted to do a show about it. And, but then I forgot what it was. I was watching or reading something and a white person was just kind of, they were kind of leading a discussion and they were eviscerated for like, well, why are you as a white person talking about this? And, and if they didn't say the exact same thing, or if they even had a question of like, well, what is it like to be da da da? And I'm honestly, I'm so, and I actually, even as a gay man, I feel that way with like, I've kind of wanted to do shows exclusively about me too, but I'm scared to do it because I'm scared that I'm going to say the wrong thing and upset somebody when that isn't my intention at all. And now we're in this culture where, you know, we lose, I don't want to lose my show just because I was trying to do something to expand minds for me too, or for Black Lives Matter, but it's taken the wrong way, you know, and it comes back 10 years later to bite me in the ass. I hear you. I totally hear you. And I've had the the same concerns when addressing um, certain things. So what I, I've decided to do is address the things that I can address. And I still get eviscerated sometimes for that kind of stuff, too. But I, I go from, you know, being a woman on on my podcast and, and I challenge women about how that they are handling certain situations. And it, it's not all, it's not going to be well received. You know, this. there's no yeah. way as much as our, even if we have the best of intentions, there's no way we're going to please everybody. No. So we are here, you and I are here to do what we can for the people that are willing to listen. And when we take power back into our own hands and quit eviscerating all the people that are around us that, that are actually trying to help, even if they don't get it exactly right, Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden we have this army to stand up with versus having to, you know, just do it on our own. Yes, it makes a world of difference, and it, and like you said, with your boyfriend, that's I love that you do that. That's amazing, and I bet you have a much better relationship because of it. Well, he is dating a therapist, so that helps a little bit. Um, <laughs> now, and so tell everybody the name of your pocket. It's having your way, right? If, if I no, it's actually well, that's my website. It's your website. Okay, that's my website. My our podcast is single smart female. Single smart. Ooh, I like it. And so you do that. Do you have a co-host? You said R. Do you have a co-host for that? I do. I have my co-host, Steph. And um, Steph and I, and I have a really good time. Oh, that's have, great. Do you have a co-host at all? Or have you considered I, it? 
I do just say, well, I have this show, Dear Maddie. So I always have a guest host on this show with mm-hmm. me. And then I do another show with my friend Jake. He's like my sister friend, but it's totally different. It's like comedy and we talk about like television recaps and it's like funny and silly. And um, it's a very different type of show. It's something I need to see today, right? So um, it's it's a lot of dick jokes. Let's be honest. And <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot of dick jokes too. Yeah, dick jokes. And we're talking about hot guys. So that's Jake and I. We're two Southern queens. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it was an enjoyable time. We uh, like to t- talk about men's balls. So there you go. Hey, you know, I enjoy them. I enjoy them very much, you know. A lot of women forget that. That, that was my big tip. I remember when... I'll never forget going to my 10-year high school reunion and having a lot of these girls that I dated now asking me about blowjob advice for a husband. And I was like, girls, ladies, the balls. You're forgetting the balls. That's where it's at. And like two yes. of them like texting me back like a week later, like, oh, my God, you were right. I'm like, you're welcome. Yes. Um, I also want to tell people, I'm sure you've told them before, but to be careful, too, because there's a lot of really crappy advice out there about men's balls, something uh, and not all men really want them to be twisted all the way around. No. I read that one time. In I one, do not want that. In no. a <laughs> please don't twist his balls. Yeah, please. That's, that's not painful. No, no, no. Just a little, just a little <laughs> tickle the ivories like you're learning piano. That's, that, that's the way to do it. Um <laughs> Jed, I love you because you're making my gay DD go crazy. We're going off. Um, okay. No, no, but I mean, I love it. I love it. So with, and how long have you been doing your podcast? Our podcast, we're coming up on a year. Oh, congrats. That's and a milestone. Yes. We're very excited about it. It's, um, we might have a celebration. When are you coming back to Houston? Sure. I, Ever, I don't know. Never? I, no, I was just there like three months ago because my cousin got married in October in Galveston. And so we went to there into Houston for a little bit. So I was just, but you never know. You never know. I could, I mean, I go to Texas frequently. So to visit mom, my mom was in Denton. My boyfriend's from Austin. So we're always there. Ah, Steph's there. in Austin. So I'm, we're in Austin quite a bit too. Oh, see there. Maybe we'll meet there. Maybe we'll meet there. Um, so, okay. One thing that you talk about, and I've seen this so much. I, I'm glad you brought it up because you're a woman. Because I see it, and it it seems like it's one of those stereotypes that women do, or at least a lot of my women friends that have you know because they call me for dating advice that they do. And so I wanted to bring this up, and I'm like, oh, but am I bringing up the stereotype? But I do see this like cliche thing that happens where some of my girlfriends they get like. I loved my boyfriend. And when we started dating, yes, I thought of him a lot. And I wanted to do things to make him happy. But also, I'd been single for 15 years. So I really was, you know, my own independence was important too. However, I see so many, it's different like this. I don't know if it's a cultural thing, but with women where they just get so obsessed with like, it's like the initial, it's like the first three or four months. They're just so Mm -hmm. obsessed with like doing the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. And that's all they're focusing on is like screwing up their 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 chances with someone. Is that is that because I know that you've talked about that some, but literally, I'm glad that I saw that you brought it up because it's one of those things like you see it on TV or in movies, and you're like, oh, that's so cliche. Women aren't like that, but I'm like, but I fucking see that all the time, Jen, all the time. It's huge. Women do it why do so you, much, and it's why, not why? cultural. It's all over the world. Why? So what? 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 Why do you think that? Why? I'm interested okay. in debate. Well, there's no. Th- okay. First off, my my real belief behind all of it, and there's no way I can prove this 
beyond a shadow of a doubt. But I also think this is why women are so ruthless towards other women at times, too, is is this belief that there is this massive male scarcity. So you hear all the time, you know, all the good men are taken or, Mm. you know, all that, all that kind of stuff. And that's crap, to be honest. And I hate to say it, even our divorce rate (laughs) makes that false. (laughs) People are moving in, in and out of relationships all the time. So it's, it's really a crap notion. But the other thing is, is that women are extraordinarily insecure, no matter, no matter how insecure they say they are not. And I think we've been conditioned that way, that men are the prize and that they don't understand understand their own value. And we've also been conditioned to think that um, we need to be in a relationship to be validated, regardless of, again, how much we say we don't. So we have women these days, um, feminists saying, I don't need a man. I don't need a man. Um, I'm perfectly fine without a man. All men, men can't handle strong women. But the truth is, is that we really want a man. Mm. Well, I think, and yeah, I think, I think everybody wants to be, from an anthropological perspective, humans are not meant to be alone. We thrive when we are in communities, when we're in groups, and we all, we do all want to, yes, we want to take care of other people, but we all, I don't care how independent you are, there is that part of us that likes to be taken care of. Yes, absolutely. And the thing, and one thing that women are, failing to notice is that men crave that same intimacy that they do. But what they do is as soon as they decide that they like a man and he makes them feel something below the belt that it makes her feel like a woman, especially because we're, we're functioning on a very masculine level in our careers. But that mm-hmm. first guy that does that all of a sudden she has zoned in her undivided romantic attention on him. And she wants to make sure she doesn't fuck it up in any way. Yeah. And like, I'm not, but like you just kind of hit on something I've noticed too, that it's a lot of times it's these, my friends that are very ambitious, like independent women, like they're fucking badasses in their jobs. They're Mm -hmm. like, they're killing it in life and every other aspect in life. And then it's like, they get with this guy and like all their, it like, it, it just a lot of that just gets thrown out. And I just, it, yes, it, it boggles my mind. Well, see, I work with smart, successful women around the world, all different levels. I mean, and I see it, I see it again and again. And all it is, is a basis for insecurity. She knows how to function in a masculine level. She knows how to kick ass and take names in the workplace. She knows how to do that. What she doesn't know how to do is allow her femininity to come into play and acknowledge that she is romantically valuable because women are taught these days how to be good women, how to be productive women. So they think that that is how they get a man to acknowledge them. But men actually acknowledge you for lots of different reasons. They, they fall in love based on how they feel when they're around you, which has nothing to do with how much you can produce for them or how much you can, um, how, how great of a woman you appear to be. It's, it's how much fun they have with you, how how acknowledged they feel, how you how you light up when they're around, how you can keep it real too, and you can do a little of your batshit crazy sometimes, but he knows that you're going to come back to sane at some point, and he also knows he feels like he's being seen by you as well, not just not just the other way around. Hmm. So do you? Because I feel like when I listen to you talk, what I and what I enjoy, what I like is I feel like um, 
there's a lot of emphasis for you on, and, and maybe and correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm imagining there's a lot of emphasis when you're working with women on, yes, understanding, kind of trying to understand men, but at the same time, it really is about what is your experience you're bringing to dating, not necessarily thinking about his experience. I mean, I'm glad you're bringing that up, Matt. That's yes, exactly. Because I feel like that's a lot is that we give with these with and I've seen this with men, too. So I don't want to say this is solely, but I mean, I'm just saying that. But it is I, I don't see it as much with like men on men relationships. And I don't see it as much with like female and female relationships. And I have a lot of gay LGBT friends. So mm-hmm. um, but I do see with a lot of my girlfriends that it that it, there's this there is this focus solely on like putting the, the man's happiness before their own. Yes. And and then getting pissed off and resentful about that later down the line, as if he was supposed to come in, even though she set it up that way, that he was supposed to come in and, and turn and turn the dynamic. But the truth is, is she wouldn't have let him. Mm-hmm. At the, mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I'm glad that you that you bring that up because it's a it's a very important point and one that I love. I there is no lack of information out there about what men want, what men think, how men do things. Men are from Mars. Women are for there's just so much information out there. But we're still clueless when it comes to dating. So what I do and I have a lot of men, straight men who want to come on my show so that they can give the male perspective. And I'm like, ah, thank you. I love you. I'm a big male supporter. But we've got enough male perspective here. What I need women to do is start focusing on themselves. Now, this isn't about being very self-centered or anything else like that. It's about being pro yourself and understanding that you are very romantically valuable. You men, you know, you are a man's weakness. You are the one thing that can bring almost any man to his knees. I can't speak to the (laughs) the gay community, of course, but yeah, yeah. Uh, you can educate me there. <laughs> you yeah. can totally educate me. There. <laughs> a little different, maybe. Maybe if you're Dolly Parton, Liza Minnelli, or Beyonce. Um. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But I, I see women. They've got it backwards. They really think men are the prize, and it's men view them as the prize. Men crave their their feminine essence, their sensuality, their curves, their their humor. They love women but women aren't giving them that space to love them they're they're really shutting them down because they're misinterpreting just about everything about them everything they say everything they do they're they don't read very men well at all they think they do and they're going to ask every single one of their girlfriends and gay guy friends and um, other people you know what how to interpret the situation but they're not they're not anymore they're really crappy at an at man interpretation I almost would. I feel like, I feel like that both sides are crappy. I feel like men though are can. I mean, it's different because I think men can be at least from doing. I think men can be more direct, and I feel like a lot of times that men say, for the most part, and again, for everybody listening, I know we're talking generalities, so your situation might be different. So, don't write me and tweet me and say we're wrong. I get it. Everybody has a specific. <laughs> I'm just saying with as a therapist, what I've dealt with that I do feel like in the beginning, a lot of men are very, they almost, they almost, I think I had one of my guests who was a man who's, we were answering some of my questions and he said, I'll never forget. He was like, women need to remember that men are fucking dumb. We will tell you exactly what we think because we don't know any better. 
just listen to us. And I laughed, but I do think there is like, there is a directness with men that sometimes either a woman can take and believe it or, or again, they like, because of past issues with either people lying to them that, uh, or whatever, or with other women or convolute, things can get convoluted and they don't sometimes believe, you know, when, like when I, you know, I have so many questions of the, like, that come in about from a woman that were they're sleeping with a guy there and he says i don't want a relationship but yet the women is starting like a woman is starting to fall in love with him and thinking you know well but he really likes me and then they end up getting their heart broken and they're like he totally lied to me and i'm like he didn't he told you from the very beginning I don't want a relationship, but we kind of create this story. Maybe we watch mm-hmm. too many Disney cartoons. We kind of create a story in our head that, oh, well, this time will be different. And it's not even about you. It's not that he doesn't love you. It's not that you're not special. It's that he just said in the beginning, I don't want a relationship. Can I speak to that first? Yeah, 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 yeah. So that, you're right, is very, very common. And what I see most women do is that they end up sleeping with these men and they have these ongoing relationships of just sexual nature. And they're they're not actually going out. They're not actually dating. But they have somehow agreed to that and allowed that to progress with the hopes that a man's going to fall in love with them inside the bedroom. From what I have seen time and time again, the bedroom is the cherry on top. The love happens in Oh, and I love all the that. I love that. The Sorry, not to interrupt, but the bedroom is the cherry on top. I, I never thought of it that way. Sorry, keep going. I love this. That's what I've got. That's that's something that women have to start reworking, and that's what I help women do. Is I help them rework the dating experience. So the first thing that she needs to ask herself is, did I sleep with him before I really wanted to, or did I do it because I was afraid I was going to lose his attention? So I did it, and you know, and just kept going with it. And then as my feelings develop, because you know, sex for me is very intimate, mm-hmm. I expected his to develop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. If you start there and realize that it's okay to take dating at your pace and not just his, we're going to set up a completely different dynamic. Um, yeah, for sure. I, now, I know Aziz is kind of, he's um, he has been, he's on fire, fire right now, no, not he, in a good way. Comedian is, yes. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yes. But if you ever listen to his piece on Conan um, O'Brien talking about how, you know, this is how dating goes and the whole the whole texting scenario of, OK, I'll see you tomorrow. Let's hang out. Let's do this. And it just and it keeps repeating itself and they never actually meet each other. Well, there's a communication breakdown going on in dating that women are agreeing to because they think that a guy's not going to pay attention to him if they don't say if they don't stop the chatter for a second and get a little bit of clarity, but do it in a fun way. Mm. So, so I can example me give you an example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Ex- example: uh, A guy says, "Hey, would you like to hang out Friday night?" Well, instead of just saying, "Okay, sure," why don't you ask him? Are you asking me out on a date? Ooh, what a good question! Yes, and what happens now? So many boundary, or you well, you're framework. creating a boundary, and you can say to him. Um, I, I would love to. Uh, no, you could say, okay, sorry. Let me let me back that up a little yeah, yeah, bit. Yeah. So you can say it in a fun way, where he, um, you okay, so you can say, why, Mister, and then insert his last name. Are you asking me out on a date? Which is a if you change the tone of it, you have just invited him to be playful with you, and he's more likely to say, actually, I am. Now you also know if he says no, I was just meant to hang out. Then you you can tell him, 
well, you know, um, I was kind of hoping you were going to ask me out on a date, so I'll, I'll pass, but thank you. And then it's like, it's not this big, it's not a big conversation. It's light. So that way you feel, I love that because I do think that happens so much. I mean, that's a guy thing from a, from a gay male perspective too, that like, um, it's like, there, there are, I know from dating guys, guys are a lot of times like, well, do you want to, do you just want to hang out? And a lot of times came mm-hmm. from like, you know, I've dated guys that, uh, some of them were out, some of them were not totally out. So some of them wouldn't want to use the word date because they weren't fully, fully comfortable with being gay or for whatever it is. But that was not something that I wanted, but I got, I did get into so many situations where, you know, I'd go out, we would hang out, we would have sex, you know, we might grab dinner afterwards. And in my head, I'm thinking we're dating. And then like, you know, I remember specifically one guy, we did that like twice. And then the third time I was like, Hey, do you want to, I was thinking like, do you want to do a little date night? Like this weekend silence. And it's because I said the D word, it totally changed the dynamic. And he freaked out. I'm like, Jen Burton, where were you when I needed you? I should have just been like, are you asking me on a date? Uh. Yes. And see, it's been even more difficult. See, for women, that's not really difficult. We think it's difficult, but it's not hard. It's, you know, historically, we have the the background to say, are you asking me out on a date? There is no problem whatsoever with us doing that. You as a gay man, on the other hand, um, as you own this and come into us, but you, there's history there. You, like you said, some guys aren't, aren't completely out yet. I, I can, I can understand why that would feel very uncomfortable, but I'm, I would be the, I would be the first person too, and, um, to tell, tell men in these situations to go ahead and start doing it because you've got, a, you've got a lot more backing now. There isn't, you know, there isn't all of it, you know, it's not like we're in the eighties where it was still really taboo yeah. to, yeah. to come out. Well, and it's, you know, there is like, there's the differences in the similarities, like, you know, because people ask me a lot all the time, like, what's the difference with like, gay and lesbian, you know, LGBT dating versus straight dating. And there are differences and there's not, I think almost like, I almost feel like emotionally, there's not as many differences. Now, sexually, I will say, it's very, you know, men, men are just programmed as men for the most part. So obviously when it's two gay men, like all my straight friends are always amazed how like easily and quickly and kind of like non-emotionally I can, you know, gay men, we can have sex with other men in a very sex positive way. And like all parties Mm -hmm. are agreeable and involved and everybody has a good time. And at the same way, I feel like, um, I definitely feel like when I see my friends that are two lesbians, like they really, there's, you know, the stereotype is like what, it, you know, there's that joke of what do lesbians do on the second day. And they, it's uh, the joke, the, the punchline is they rent a U-Haul. And, <laughs> but, and sorry if I offend you, I don't mean to sell it that joke, but th- there is truth in that joke. And that I think because women have this beautiful way of being, of able to be, they want that because again, I think men can do it. They're just, they're conditioned. Men get conditioned a lot, kind of like the beat, the femininity, femininity out of them from a very young age and to not show that type mm-hmm. of vulnerability. Whereas women being, you know, because of being mothers and who they've been promoted as in culture as quote unquote caretakers, like when two lesbians get together, man, that vulnerability, they bond so much over it and they can really have really meaningful conversations. I think a lot quicker than heterosexual and even male on male couples just because 
I look at everything from a little bit of like it's a therapist, my therapist training, the kind of therapist am is like a very anthropological kind of a, like what's the narrative that everybody's buying? What's the story that society is telling us? And are we buying that story? Are we letting it write our own lies or, or are we, are we kind of seeing the story is different for us than is. And I think one of the part of that story is, is that we, you know, there is that truth that women open up and talk more than men, but that's also like we're conditioned our whole lives to believe that too. So it's like a chicken or the egg thing, but it's just the way it is now. So, but I go in to say that like, so I think like sexually, I think queer relationships can kind of meld a little quicker and can, can be more on the same page. But I do think it goes back to what you're saying in this, as far as like taking ownership of what you want in a relationship and taking ownership of your boundaries, taking ownership of your body. I think that's the thing that translates to any relationship. And I see, um, and I see, you know, the one thing I do see in all relationships is that men, women, whatever, I get asked all the time, like, well, I don't know if we're really dating or not. Because people, it's just, I think that's like big now. And do you feel like that's a lot too with like, with the day of like with dating apps and that people are kind of hiding behind their phones or their computer? Do you think it brings like less responsibility to showing up? I actually think it has more to do with the wording and the fact that we're reluctant. We keep using the words such as hanging out and things like that instead of calling it what it is. Um, Women are scared to press men because they don't want, they think that they won't get the opportunity to date him. If she says something like, are you going out on a date? Mm -hmm. And the only thing you really do is filter out the guys that aren't truly interested in dating when you are willing to say that. And a lot of guys in my experience will come back around and said, you know what? I really would like to take you out on a date if they're worth, worth anything. Yeah, and if they want so, a date, and that's what you want. Yes. If they want a date, then you're like, okay, let's. But if you, to me, it's so beautiful what you just suggested because you immediately find out if a guy just wants to hang out and they don't want to date, then great. You didn't waste a lot of your time, maybe just a, mm-hmm. a week long of texting back and forth, and you're out. Yes. Now, um, at the same time, I have. <sighs> I want women to know that I did things a little bit differently when I started dating back back in 2006 when I met my husband. So, you know, there's a big push to cut people out very quickly and disqualify men. And I'm not a big proponent of that unless it's, you know, right right at the get go. Or It's not about exactly cutting him out right then. It's about giving him the opportunity to step up and frame this in a romantic context. Because if you're framing in a romantic context and he is not, then it there we set ourselves up to hyper focus on him and give him our undivided romantic attention mm. while he's still keeping his options open mm. mm-hmm. which is setting us up back to being obsessed and screwing up our chances with something long term yeah cuz i believe like you know maybe you just got me thinking maybe one re- one reason that women get it kind of can they can get it really in their head about that is that I do think that even if our brain isn't telling us, I believe like on an energetic level, like a soul to soul level or whatever you want to call it, for me, it's all energy. But I feel like you're the deeper self of you knows when someone isn't fully committed or knows when someone isn't dating you. But it's like instead of recognizing and and feeling our gut and going with that feeling, we talk ourselves into what we into the story we want to live instead of what's actually happening. I don't know if you find that yes. at all. 
Yes, women create lots of stories in order to justify their their personal actions. Absolutely. Yeah, and men, well, men do too. Yeah, everyone. But yeah, I definitely feel like though, I feel like though, and I get it because I get as a woman, you are told to like, we've had many, many years of you're told, you know, we talk about mother's intuition and we talk a bit about woman's intuition, but a lot of times women are either when they want to follow their gut. And we see that a lot with like this Me Too women. Me, me too movement, you know, because some men have said, I don't know why people are just talking about this now. And I'm like, well, because when they wanted to follow their gut and do this, you know, five, 10 years ago, nobody fucking listened to them and completely shut them down. So we literally have been telling these people not to follow, not to follow their instinct. And so I think that's a difficult, and I, I say that in empathy to a lot of women that are dating because I feel for them because you want to do what's in your heart. But yet a lot of society and for the years of your life have totally come up against you when you tried to do that. So here's a, I want to add a little odd piece to that. I was at my, my kiddo's school um, yesterday and I was standing next to a line of second graders and one of the little girls accidentally stepped on one of the little boy's feet. Mm -hmm. And this little boy in turn got so mad, uh, even though she apologized, he in turn stomped on her on his, her foot as hard as he could. And I witnessed. And I, of course, my, my mama instinct stepped in and I had a word or two with him. And then I report, reported him um, to, to the teacher. Now, what I saw there, and it actually brought me to tears, as I went to that little girl and she was able, because I was there, she was able, she didn't, she wasn't going to report him. She wasn't going to say anything because mm. she thought it was her fault since she had actually stepped on his wow, foot. Wow. That's such a metaphor for what's happened. Wow. Exactly. So she thought she was to blame somehow. And because I gave her permission to speak up and to point him out, he was able to get reprimanded for that. And I looked at that little girl and I told her, from now on, you have to promise me that if someone hurts you, that you need to let somebody know. And she did right then. But I'm, I'm hoping that sticks in her head. The truth is, you know, I, I call women out on a lot of shit because we do do a lot of shit. But the truth is, is a lot of us have never been given real permission to speak out. Mm-hmm. And it's that's that's what this you know Me Too movement is going on. It was you know, it was swept under the rug for for years. Um, my mother she was sexually harassed horribly at her workplace, and nothing ever happened except she eventually left the job. That was it. Mm-hmm. There was no you know. So it's it's important that we keep giving women the permission to do it, and then on top of it, teaching women how to do it now. I'd like to circle in and say the other thing is, is when we were talking earlier, mm-hmm. Matt, about acknowledging men, I also think, you know, as much as I believe in, in, in intuition that you're in everything's energy, just like you, but I also think intuition can be clouded by perception. Mm-hmm. And because the narrative right now is men need to be held accountable, we're not we have this really kind of crappy perception that it's, you know, all men are, are dangerous. Mm-hmm. All men are, are, are just trying to get away with what they can get away with. All men's are men are cheaters, dogs, liars, all that kind of stuff. And that's not the case. So I think it's important to, and this is what I do is help work with women to change their perception of men and start 
understanding that most men, you know, I, I uh, was doing an interview the other day where the man was like, he's all, all I care about is loving and pleasing women. And he was talking about his wife and he goes, I just want to make women happy. And um, they may not get it right all the time, but there's a good majority of men that really, truly feel that way. They're, they just, they're scared to say anything or to do anything because it's going to be perceived in the wrong way. Yeah, I think there's definitely, um, for anybody listening, there's a really good, um, I think you can probably find it online. Oprah did a, a 60 Minutes interview. Uh, she's been doing it. She did it once, like four months ago, right after, or a year, eight months ago, after Donald Trump was elected president. But she, these people stayed in touch that she interviewed in Michigan. And it's like a group of like half conservatives, half quote unquote liberals, and, um, or really not conservatives and liberal, but half of the people voted for Donald Trump and half did not. And um, they've stayed in communication. And so they talked a bit about like, they had a great conversation about this Me Too movement. And a lot of it was that um, some of those men felt, um, they felt like um, if they didn't not that because some of the women got really upset and they felt like they weren't being supported and that by by not totally denouncing their candidate or something like that then then that meant that they were supporting and standing up for what they did and the men didn't see it that way it was a it was interesting conversation so i just i'm not going to go into the conversation and try to repeat the conversation because i'm going to fuck it up but i um (laughs) if i find it i'll try to if i have a link to that i'll put that in the show notes just because it even for me it made me because as somebody you know i live in california i'm a pretty progressive person and um i i get really triggered by that too and so it made me have a little bit more not empathy because that's not the right word but just more of perspective of where some men who are trying to do the right right thing but maybe don't have the they don't know the right things to say they don't have the right terminology but their intention is to support it's just that sometimes they feel a little um, damned if I do, damned if I don't. Yes. And that causes paralysis. Exactly. And so it was, it was an interesting conversation. It's a great interview. I asked anybody to read it. Now, um, Jen Burton, I'm going to talk to you for like two hours if we keep going. But I do want to talk about one more thing <laughs> that you talk about because I don't know what the fuck it is. What is mantraj dating? I want to know what this is. Okay. And mantraj dating is a dating method that I developed um, when I started dating back in 2006, which is essentially dating more than one man at a time until you find your forever man or indefinitely if you so choose. So dating, so you recommend, so if you're, if you're going to date and you're only dating one guy at a time, do you, is that you feel like not as effective or? I, well, it does work for some women, but I feel, and it did not work for me that um, women get stuck in this cycle. They will date a man for several months, maybe even several years, the same guy. They may not even be in an exclusive relationship. They have never explored their options at the same time. Then all of a sudden there's this massive breakup or he, he, you know, they go separate ways and it's followed by several months of heartbreak and then rinse and repeat. And I find it to be the most ineffective way to date, period. It basically shuts down a, a woman romantically and sets her up to repeat the same cycle again and again, hoping that one day it's going to magically turn out better. And it doesn't. So now, and I just want to ask, like, when you were doing this, like, it, when you say dating, is it, I know everybody what they're comfortable with, but some women are like, well, I could date other guys, but I know some of my girlfriends are like, I don't know if I could sleep with uh, 
Okay, so that's a really good point. So let me tell you what mantraj dating is not. It doesn't mean that you have to sleep with multiple men unless you choose to at the at the same time. So that's it's a completely personal thing. I only was sleeping with one man when I was when I was doing it. Um, You don't have to lie to men. You are not tricking men. You are not constantly breaking men's hearts, and you are not playing games with men. It's a very nuanced system. It's very uh, particular to to the woman who is doing it, where she is able to, you know, date a person, get to know them, and then decide based on exploring herself romantically if she'd like to engage into a long term relationship. She realizes that she has a lot of romantic value, and I was going to tell you, you we were talking, you mentioned earlier about how men tend to be shut down. I have found time and time using the system that men end up being the more open ones emotionally because they realize that women who are in this situation, she has genuine options. So he's got to bring his A game. Mm. I do. You know, that is interesting that I do. um, That is so funny that when you say that, that it kind of clicked for me that I've heard many women just assume that a guy is dating and looking at other women all the time. But all of my mm-hmm. guys, straight male friends, they never, they never kind of assume that a woman is dating other men. Because they don't have to. Because most of the time, she's not. That's so. Ooh, that just makes me want to tell all you ladies out: just date everybody and just give some blowjobs and have fun. I said, <laughs> no, get some, get some, not oh, just yeah. give. Oh yeah, them. that's true. Sorry, I'm like, yeah, get it, yeah, give, have him give you head, girls. Do that, <laughs> but um. I'm so glad I asked that question. And um, Jen Barton, we got to get to Chatty Maddie because we just got to, because I don't want to edit this show. So I don't want to go too long, but I could talk to you forever. Um, it's a, Let's do that sometime. Yeah, but, um, okay. So Chatty Maddie uh, questions. Here we go. Uh, first Chatty Maddie question. What uh, is your most memorable childhood smell? Smell. Strawberry shortcake. Was my most memorable childhood smell. I lo- I used to love smelling strawberry shortcake and um, blueberry muffin and, and their their heads. I would just sit there and smell those okay, for hours. I okay, that's odd. what I was going to ask because when you said that just now, I was like, wait, do you mean like real strawberry shortcake or like the doll? Not the cake, the doll, the doll. I rem- I yes. rem- I'm a gay boy because I remember that smell too, <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, they smell delicious. Mm-hmm. They- I wanted to eat. They them. should put that in a perfume. Oh, and play doh. I love the smell of Play-Doh. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. That's a that is a really good one. Um, um, that's uh, sorry, you took me out of with your. Ch- I'm like, ooh, I remember that. Uh, Megan Seagrave, I remember my friend, my first girlfriend, quote unquote, at five. You know, like silly, but she had a strawberry shortcake. I love the way it smelled. Um, okay, uh, I had a first girlfriend at five too. Just so you know, love. I love it. Live your truth. Um, Chatty Maddie number two. What would be the name of your memoir? She couldn't be stopped. Ooh, I like that. I like that a lot. We're just going to leave that there and y'all just interpret it, but I like it. Um, Chatty Maddie number three, what's the best piece of advice you wished you'd taken earlier in life? Relax. Relax. It's all going to be okay. <laughs> that is like the basis of most of the answers in that quote, but it's true. It really is just, just fucking relax. It's going to be okay. Whatever it is, it's going to be okay. Um, 
Okay, so Chatty Monday number four, what day would be your groundhog day? So like what day was such a good day you're like, I could do this day over and over? That would be the day oh oh I won fifteen thousand dollars on a slot machine uh, once. That was a lot of That's fun. a good day. Yes. Look at you. What kind of slot machine was it? It was a five dollar slot machine in Louisiana. Oh, it wasn't like a theme. It wasn't like a Wonder Woman or like Ellen or like you know sex. No, it was one of those five time ones. Um, I don't know if you ever do slots, but I used to oh, no. with my mama. With your mama, um, I yes. love that. Was that in Shreveport? I've never been to Shreveport, but I need to go. No, I, I've gone. I went to Shreveport. I didn't like the slots too much there. I, that was actually in Venton at um, Delta Downs. Delta Downs. Um, mm-hmm. All right, chatting about Maddie number five. When are you most inspired? When I am listening to women having what they want. That that gets me every time. I, I love men. I like listening to men, but man, when I hear a woman just going after what she wants in life that, and then listening to the women that I work with when they're telling me all their uh, juicy romantic stories, those are the best too. I get super inspired. That is, um, well, that is, that's a pretty damn good answer. I love what you're doing. I love what you're doing. And I love that you're taking something that mystifies and intimidates so many people and you're, you're just, you're, I, I, it's one of these things where um, people feel like we should know how to date, but you know, that's not, mm-hmm. it's not something we were born with knowing. It's not like, you know, it's. And nobody is passing down good knowledge, but dating is supposed to be fun. And if it's not, then you're doing it you're wrong. You're doing it wrong. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. And what, what a good note to leave that on. Okay. Jen, tell everybody where they can find all things you. I've got a gift for your listeners, Matt, and you can find me at havehimyourway.com forward slash dear Maddie. Yes. All right. Perfect. Have him your way forward Mm -hmm. slash dear Maddie. And I will be sure to uh, put that in the show notes, everybody, because that's just easier for me to do that. Havingyourway.com forward slash dear Maddie, M-A-T-T-I-A. Did you do IE or Y? Some people do. I want to make sure. I did IE. Okay, great. Perfect. Um, great. And then also, too, I'll put a link to your podcast. Um, I'll put that in the show notes, too, where people, if they want to listen to your podcast, they can click on that. And if you listen to Jen's podcast and you like it, um, as the same for this podcast as well, Sugars, leave a review, go on your little Apple iTunes, put five stars, put a little comment. That helps share the podcast love and other people. It helps bump us up in the ratings. So, you know, maybe one day... We'll, Apple will be like, hey, need help with dating? Here you go. And you'll be on the front and center page, and then life will be grand. Um, Jen Burton, thank you for doing this today. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate you having of me. Of course. Thanks, I love, 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 love what you're doing. And um, just big props to Nicole. I'm glad that she's she met us like-minded. If I'm ever in Houston, Sugar, you know I'm going to look you up. Okay. She's listening, I'm sure. So, Big love to big, Nicole. Big love to Nicole. And big love to you, Jim Burton, new friend. Yay. I love new friends. And big high, high five. five. And big love to anybody out there who is on this. You know, y'all, I was single for 15 years. So I, you know, I know it. I, I dated. I Like I say, you know, um, I always tell people, I said, you know, I really... I really spent a lot of emotional time. At least I worked to get that HPV. I had my fun doing it. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, 
I learned a lot from it. And so the battle scars prove it. But uh, I just, I, I, so for any of you out there that I hopefully if you did feel hopeless about dating, uh, I, I invite you to consider a different perspective. And if you don't have hope for dating, I know I do. And I'm pretty sure I'm not, I'm going to go ahead and speak for you, Jen, if that's okay. And said that you probably have hope for people out there dating too. Oh, absolutely. So, and yeah. And so be sure to go to that link. Um, and and having your wife.com forward slash dear Maddie and help yourself out sugars. That's the best thing you can do is to help yourself. So on that note, do something for someone this week and for yourself. And we'll see you next week. Thanks again, Jen Burton. Thank Bye. you. Well, sugars, I hope that you are you are ready to get out there and find Mr. or Mrs. Wright or whoever, whoever, whatever you want to do. My hope is happiness for you, sugar. All right. So that's the show today. Y'all, y'all know how much I love you and I appreciate you for listening. I'm glad my neighbor just shut his door so loud about popping my door off. Jesus, what the hell is happening? Anyway, sorry. Okay. Living in the city. Hot time living in the city. Remember that song? Boy, I haven't heard that in a long time. Who sang that song? I don't remember. Someone will tweet me and tell me. Which, by the way, you can tweet me at vmatmar, two T's, two R's. I'm also in, on the Instagram, Facebook, as well as vmatmar. Sugar, so y'all got advice, questions, we've got answers. Go to dearmattyshow.com. And if you like listening to gay things, you can also listen to my show with Jake Anthony, TV Tea Time, where we recap. We technically recap the Riverdale podcast. So I know you're thinking, well, I need to watch Riverdale so I can listen to the show. Sugars. I bet half of our audience don't watch that show because they don't want to or they got lives or whatever. And Jake and I, we got the worst gay DD, the pair of us. So we go off on tangents all the time. So if you just want a good laugh, it's a totally different type of show. Definitely not a family show, Sugars. Be sure to listen to TVT Time. And if you like any of the that TVT Time, Dear Maddie show, y'all, I love it when you leave a review. I really, really, really do because that helps me bump up the iTunes rating. And also just tell a friend about the show. I, I mean, seriously, it's like Adam Carolla says, tell, telling somebody, hey, I love this Dear Maddie show and shooting them a link of this episode. That means the world to me because that means that it affected you so much that you wanted to tell somebody about it. I appreciate it. All right, sugars, we're going to get ready. And, you know, well, the weekend's we're, it's coming up. We're ready. Let's do something fun and hope it's warm weather wherever you are. And I love you very much. Bye. <laughs>